the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, welcome back to the Bruce Woolley Show. If you missed that last segment, it was fire. Man, oh man, uh, you'll want to uh, make sure that you check out the podcast. Bruce Hooley, uh all in on what's going on in the city of Columbus and uh, the black business community standing up against a proposed levy because they've had enough. They said, that's it. We're not doing it anymore. We're not going to support the failed policies of Columbus City Schools. Uh, awesome. Awesome story. Uh, I love that Bruce is passionate about it. It's always great to hear from him. So, Bruce, thank you. Hey, um, I have a very special guest uh, right now. Uh, Ohio Auditor Keith Faber is a Republican. He's been uh, auditor since 2019, formerly a member of the Ohio House and uh, the Ohio Senate from 07 to 16. Actually, he was the Senate president from 2013 to 2016, and now he is the state auditor. Uh, auditor Faber, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this morning? I am fabulous. It's a great day to be in Ohio. Amen. So, uh, look, I, I'm going to take you off your uh, your your maybe focus here and, and throw you a curveball. What do you think about uh, what what Matt Gates did and uh, – what might be a fiasco now in the U.S. House. What's your 30-second visceral response on that? Look, as a former legislative leader, uh, when when we do circular firing squads as Republicans, the only people that win are liberals and Democrats. Yep. Um, I, I can tell you that you got to have a plan. you got to operate as a team. And politics is a team sport. And at some point, you got to understand that moving the ball forward is you're not going to get a Hail Mary touchdown of every pass you got to sometimes get uh, a couple of yards in a cloud of dust. And, and that's part of the discussion that, that comes from this. Uh, when you got a guy who's, who's my friend and, and, and uh, political ally, Jim Jordan, who was with, uh, with the move forward, you, you know it's not liberal. And so you go forward and, and say that sometimes you have to be a team player. And, and unfortunately, a lot of this, just like uh, what, what some people believe happened in the Ohio House, it looks to be more about personality and, and personal ambition than it is about the team. I couldn't agree more with that. I don't know if we're on the same side of the argument, but I agree. There was there was certainly uh, personal gain and personal personality, and I wondered after this happened in the U.S. House if uh, Jason Stevens might have gotten a little heartburn or nervous. I don't think that he's at risk right now, but I digress on that. I, I want to talk to you about the Ohio Redistricting Commission and Issue 1. Let's start with the map-making process. It was a success, so much so that you had bipartisan support. It was unanimous support, seven to nothing. What can you tell us about that process and the maps that were produced last week? Well, I think the maps and the process worked the way everybody envisioned. You remember last time and all of the other maps that we drew were, were drawn with at least some of the people involved in the process, particularly the Democrats, uh, being told by their allied liberal interest and their, their people that were controlling their side of the process, we'd rather have litigation because we think we're going to win in court and we don't care what happens in the redistricting commission. Unfortunately, you had an Ohio Supreme Court that was all too willing to, uh, in my opinion, misread the Ohio Constitution and give them the result they wanted that encouraged them to add disorder 
and disruption to the process. Some of that went around away this time, mm-hmm. and you had everybody willing to sit at the table as the redistricting commission process was envisioned. Let me ask you, to- Auditor, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Why do you think that went away? I have an opinion on that, but why do you think that went away this time? Well, because Maureen O'Connor left the court. But I, again, <laughs> she was very clear in her opinions that she didn't like the process and she wasn't going to vote for a map until it gave her some outcome that she liked. She gotcha. was more concerned about what the outcome was about number of districts and, and, and who could be represented and where. And so really, the I mean, look, I think uh, if you talk to people who went through this process in detail, like I did, it was very clear. And we said this in the depositions of the lawsuits. The other side blatantly told us, I'm not going to agree to a map that this person's for. I'm not going to agree. I just assume litigate. And, and when you have one side of the equation in a process that's designed to facilitate negotiation, saying, no, nope, we're not going to negotiate, we're going to sue, and the court saying, please sue, we, we have our own outcome to try and get rid of this process. Maureen O'Connor, in her very first opinion, basically said we shouldn't have a redistricting commission made up the way it is. Yep. We need to have the citizens redistricting, which she's now you know, running around as the cheerleader for, to try and change the Constitution yet again. And so you see that, and, and you can argue about whether her bias was preordained, but don't forget also in the redistricting process, the other side's activities were largely coordinated, and certainly there was outside Ohio money oh, yeah. and outside Ohio interests. Eric and you Holder. Got Mark Elias, yep. who is who is, is, is championing the lawsuits. You got the allied liberal organizations who are operating in unison with their unified funders. You got the Eric Holder redistricting Sue Tillis Blue Group. And they're all out there chiming in people's ears saying, don't compromise, don't settle. Uh, and, and by the way, when, when you have that and the other side's not willing to compromise, why should anybody compromise? Most of that went away this time. And I think the other side realized, I, I will be surprised. I hope they sue. I will be surprised if they sue this time like they didn't on the congressional maps, because I think they want this talking point uh, for the constitutional amendment that, look, this is an unconstitutional map. Well, it isn't. Um, and I think the Supreme Court now that it's got a, a non-activist majority, important distinction, activist judges versus strict constructionist. Look, I was one of the people who drafted the constitutional amendment with regard to the way we draw legislative lines. Yep. And is it perfect? No, it was a compromise when we drafted it. But I know what everybody intended. And they intended if you draw districts the way I think you should draw districts, which means you do not unnecessarily split cities, counties, and townships. That's right. You draw districts where people can be represented by people who can share their values and their thoughts without doing hub-and-spoke districts. You're going to have fairer districts, and you're going to have the opportunity for most Ohioans to be represented by somebody who shares their thoughts and values. And that's what the Constitution required. And the Constitution in Ohio says if you draw districts like that, you never get to this magical mystery ratio. And every time I say that, Maureen O'Connor would cringe because <laughs> it is a magical mystery ratio yep. that is solely designed to get a political outcome. And, and you can't hit the magical mystery ratio unless you intentionally gerrymander districts in favor of Democrats. And the only way to do that is hub and spoke districts yep. and to draw districts that aren't compact and, and unnecessarily split cities, counties, and townships. That's so well said. Thank you. I know that that is in the weeds, but it's super important that you covered that because what we're already hearing from Democrats is they're kvetching. 
oh, hey, we voted for this, but we really we really shouldn't have elected officials making this decision. Yeah, that works out so well when you have these community boards of citizens um, lording over police officers and uh, police departments. But I digress there. Um, well, well go ahead. Jack, Jack it's, it's very clear. The other side argues we want to take politics out of an inherently political process. Okay, so let's talk about who's going to sit on the redistricting panel and how they're going to draw maps. So you think that the allied liberal organizations are going to disarm? No, read their language. They get to have their people on the redistricting commission. But the Republicans and anybody who is um, knowledgeable in the process and knowledgeable about representational government, nope, you're excluded. You don't get to be on it unless you're a member of the League of Women Voters or the ACLU or fill in the blank. You're disqualified in most cases. And, and so it's really a biased process And this concept that you're going to take uh, just random citizens and throw them into redistricting. Well, most random citizens aren't able to dedicate you know, two months of their life to drawing maps. So by the very nature, you're going to pick people who have an interest in doing that that are neither neutral nor uh, non-biased arbitrators. And, and and so that's the very nature of the fallacy of that process. So I hate to do this to you. We've got literally about 30 seconds, but uh, make your pitch for issue one. If you, What do you want listeners to know? Issue one is extreme. It, it is the most radical approach to abortion on demand. It will legalize painful partial birth dismemberment abortions literally up until the time of birth at the end of nine months. It is radical in that regard. It, it is driven and written in the most extreme possible ways. And I want, vo- I want voters and your listeners to go out and look at one site. It's called seethelanguage.com, seethelanguage.com. Go out and look at the words that they chose in putting in this constitutional amendment. This isn't just about early term abortion. This is about abortion on demand, late term, and they picked a lot of wiggle room. Yep. And the words that they pick effectively make the abortionist the judge, jury, and executioner. The he guy is, who is auditor, profiting from abortion. Auditor Keith Faber, we're out of time. I'm sorry to do that to you. Come back and see us soon, okay? Time flies when you're having fun. We're back for the final segment of the Bruce Hooley Show. And I want to thank Jeff Murtal for doing a fantastic job producing, keeping me online and on time. Hey, tomorrow I'll be joined by U.S. Senate candidate Bernie Marino. He's a Republican. He's from the Cleveland area, but now uh, spends most of his time in Columbus traveling the state campaigning for the Republican nomination. I'll also have Pastor Brian Williams. Now, Brian is the pastor who spearheaded the letter signed by 100-plus black pastors and community leaders who are opposed to Radical Issue 1, which we've talked a lot about today and will continue to talk a lot about. Early voting starts next week, so make sure that you are registered. Make sure that you are voting. Make sure you are telling your friends and family to vote. Friday, I'm working on Congressman Warren Davidson and... My hope is he will give us a pulse on the culture in the House after Speaker McCarthy's ouster, former Speaker McCarthy's ouster. He'll also talk about the progress feds are making to have you turn in your dollar bills and begin using digital currency. I know it sounds like a dystopian story, doesn't it? And on that note, John Patton will join me too on Friday. He's a cryptocurrency expert and 
digital dollar student. He's going to tell us what's going on and what we need to prepare for. I don't know how many news outlets are covering this, but there is a real threat that we're going to be asked to turn in our dollar bills and go to a digital dollar. And some of the proposals sound a lot like what you can buy and what you can sell will be not only regulated, but will be fully monitored by the government. I want that to sink in for a minute. What you buy, what you sell, could be fully monitored by the government and certain transactions prohibited. What, what are some of those certain transactions that might be prohibited? We have a president in the White House who talks a lot about gun control. Hmm. So, I, I mean, our government would never lie to us, right? They, they wouldn't do that. Jeff, they wouldn't do that. They're, they're always honest. They're always forthcoming. They're, our best interest is uh, what they care about. Well, let me point you to this story from Blaze Media. This is what we're going to end on. It's one story that is going to turn into a series of stories. Analysis. Did Pelosi's security chief perjure himself in Oath Keepers' trial? Do you remember the Oath Keepers' trial? I do. Um, the Capitol Police officer assigned to the protective detail of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on January 6, 2021, appears to have given false testimony. No. No. No way. About his whereabouts during a key encounter with members of the Oath Keepers, according to an examination of Capitol Closed Circuit TV video obtained by Blaze Media. This story is a beginning point of a series analyzing video evidence. The video doesn't lie. Even when you, you know, pull a fire alarm and say that you thought it was a door. Um, but I digress. Video evidence recently made available to the public. The full release of the videos was delayed Tuesday by the House vote to oust Speaker Kevin McCarthy. One of the most important federal trials in America in 2022 was barely a blip on the average American's radar. The first of three January 6th trials bringing seditious conspiracy charges against members of the quasi-militia group known as Oath Keepers began in late September and concluded in late November of last year. For each of these trials, the U.S. Department of Justice brought out its big guns. Assistant U.S. Attorney Jeffrey Nessler's opening statement threw down the gauntlet, declaring five Oath Keepers were, quote, the leaders, end quote, of the, quote, insurrection, end quote, leaders of the insurrection. The Oath Keepers' trials were a central part of the overarching case made by the Biden administration and Democratic Party leaders to the American people that protests on January 6, 2021 were a premeditated attack on democracy. The Oath Keepers, they have about 35,000 dues-paying members, more than a decade's worth of spotless record, providing disaster relief and security services during riots and other large events. 
They had never once been accused or charged with a crime in thousands of operations. As we will uncover if we continue down this path, if the blaze continues down this path, which would be interesting to see if uh, feds step in and try to silence them. Subsequent reports, the Justice Department, the FBI, and elements of the Capitol Police leadership appear to have left nothing to chance. But did they? Ultimately, it was a mission accomplished for Nestler and his team in their first marquee January 6th outing. Oath Oath Keeper's founder, Stuart Rhodes, was found guilty of seditious conspiracy, and uh, he was sentenced. He was sentenced to 18 years in federal prison. Kelly Meggs was also found guilty of seditious conspiracy and received a 12-year sentence. Jessica Watkins was acquitted of seditious conspiracy but found guilty of conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Is that, Jeff, is that like pulling a fire alarm and claiming that it's a door? Huh. Interesting. We don't don't have a uh, dual track of justice in this country. The 14th Amendment is real and it applies equally to every American. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um... She was found guilty of conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding and interfering with police and sentenced to eight and a half years. Kenneth Harrelson received four years for obstructing an official proceeding, interfering with police and tampering with documents or proceedings. (sighs) To prove that the Oath Keepers were seditious and and overthrowing the U.S. government and – Preventing the execution of the laws, federal prosecutors claim that while inside the Capitol, members of the group were involved in a contentious interaction with law enforcement. The incidents supposedly took place in an unmistakable public area at the top of the stairs next to the Capitol Rotunda, also known as the small or mini rotunda or the speaker's lobby. Yet, despite the fact that there were at least 1,700 cameras in and around the building and grounds and 41,000 hours of footage, many of which uh, directly covered this well-traveled area, no direct video evidence of the alleged confrontation from closed-circuit television was ever presented to the jury. I want you to think about that. These people were prosecuted and found guilty. There were 1,700 cameras, 41,000 hours of footage. No direct video evidence of the alleged confrontation is there. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow. Thank you for choosing to listen today to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for The Bruce Hooley And I will be back with you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.